Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Noso. Parshas Noso has the distinction of being the longest Parsha in the Torah. If you think about it, it probably could have been one of the shortest Parshios in the Torah. It gets its length from the fact that the Torah repeats the same offering that was brought by each of the princes, the head of the tribes, at the occasion of the Chanukas Amizbeach, at the occasion of the dedication of the sanctuary, the Mishkan in the desert, the Torah repeats it 12 times. The Torah could very well have listed it once and could have said this was brought by each of the Nesim respectfully. Many answers are given for this, including the fact that Hashem was exceedingly happy and proud that the Nesim, the princes, did not want to undo, or outdo, rather, each other, each one trying to show up the other one that I could do better than you. And they all agreed to bring the same offering. This was especially pleasing to Hashem, and we are to learn therefrom the importance of not trying to, quote-unquote, outdo. Okay, according to the Chinuch, there are 18 mitzvos in Parshas Noso. Namely, and this is very interesting, coming right after Shavuos. Last week in Parshas, by Midbar, there were none. And now after Shavuos, whoa, we are, thank God, full of mitzvos, seven positive and 11 uh, restrictions in this parsha. You have in this parsha as well the Birkas Kohanim, the mitzvah of the Kohanim, blessing the people uh, daily in Eretz Yisrael. They do this as we know. Some Svardim have this practice as well. Ashkenazim do the Birkas Kohanim outside of Israel only on the Shalosh Regolim and Yom Noroyim. I'd like to focus this morning on one of the positive mitzvos found in the parsha. According to the Chinuch, it happens to be the 364th mitzvah of the Torah, and the mitzvah is that of Nitztavinu. We were commanded Vidui al Hachit, the precept of confession over one's sins. The Torah says that, interesting, the way this is introduced by the Torah, so we are in Parshas Naso, and it is chapter 5, Pasuk, Five and six, where it begins, Dabero b'nei Yisrael, tell the Jewish people, Isha Isha, man or woman, Kiyasu, should they act and do mikol chatos ha'adam, from any of man's sins, lim o ma'ol b'ashem. Interesting, that they are committing treachery towards Hashem. So v'oshma hanefesh hahi. That, that neshvesh, that soul, is guilty. So the Torah says, what are they to do? They are in the process of 
repenting. And as the Rambam writes at the beginning of Hilchos Tshuva, the primary source and the primary act of repenting is the vidui, the confession. So v'hisvadu, they learn it out from this verse, chapter 5 in Bamidbar, verse 7, v'hisvadu eschatosom asher osu. They shall confess their sin that they committed. Now, very, very interesting. It just so happens that the context in which this law is written, namely the obligation of confession, is written within the context of Gezel Hager, which means that if a individual, a Jew, should God forbid steal from a ger, a proselyte, that, and oftentimes we've pointed out that the Torah teaches in the extreme, so here the idea is that the Torah says if a person steals, you ought to return that which you stole. If the person is no longer living, then you restore it to the closest of their relatives, but everybody is connected to somebody, if not in the immediate first layer, second layer, cousins, second cousins, etc. However, there's one person who has no family. Let's say a gear, a proselyte, never married. He dies. To whom does an individual return the object? So the answer is, by the way, to the Kohanim. But interestingly, in that situation, if the person swore, now he brings a korban. And when he brings that korban, the Torah is teaching us that <clears throat> he has to do the vidui, which means that he has to literally articulate and confess his sin. Now the Chinuch writes, what's the reason that we have this mitzvah? What he calls in every mitzvah, mishor sheha mitzvah, at the root of this precept, lies the reason that by the admission of sin by one's own mouth, the thought and perception of the sinner is revealed, that in truth he believes that his every action is known and revealed before Hashem. And thus, he does not assume that God missed this one. No, God is very much aware of it. Moreover, by mentioning the sin in detail and expressing remorse over it, he'll be more careful another time that it should not bring him to grief. After saying with his mouth, thus and thus did I do, and I was foolish in my actions, he'll be restrained not to go back and do so again, and as a result, he'll be more acceptable before Hashem, the good God who desires the good reward of human beings and has guided them in this way to become virtuous in it. In simple English, this is an action 
which helps the individual fortify his connection with God, prevent him from doing it in the future. Now think, asks the Sfas Emes. There are so many mitzvot in the Torah that the Torah could have put this law with. The Torah could have said, you inadvertently forgot that it's Shabbos and you did one of the malachos on Shabbos. What do you have to do? When you bring a korban, you are to confess that you wore mechalo Shabbos. The Torah doesn't do it. The Torah has this law of confession in conjunction with the sin of theft. And the basic question that I'd like to ask is why? Why is it that theft is the one that was chosen from all the mitzvot in the Torah? And he gives a very perceptive answer. And that is, he says that really the foundation of all sin is derived from gezel, from theft. How so? Because in reality, the one who commits a sin is stealing his life. And we'll explain that in a minute. Kohosov, his abilities, and Kishronosov, his thought process that God gave him for the purpose of keeping Torah and mitzvot, and he's using them literally to rebel against God. There is a machzor, which is which has the commentary of Rav Salavechik, Zechrono Levracha. And at Ne'ilah, is it not amazing that we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yad Laposhim, you God, reach out a hand to even willful sinners to bring them back. And your right hand is extended to accept those who want to repent. And you taught us, Hashem Elokeinu, you taught us to confess your sins, that confession is such an integral part of repentance. For all our sins, and here come the key words, so that we will shall withdraw our hands from theft. Now, the question is, and this is what the Rav asked, and I'm going to read his beautiful comment on this passage of Ne'ilah. Note, this is the way we conclude Yom Kippur, so that we shall withdraw our hands from theft. You help us. The Rav asked, why is theft singled out with special emphasis in the Elah? The reason is that theft actually covers every type of sin. With every sin the Jew commits, he foregoes his right to existence as he violates the condition upon which his existence rests, thereby stealing from Hashem. The significance of God's name of Ado, followed by the Noi, which is derived from the word Odon, which means master, 
is that God is master and owner of the world by virtue of his being the creator. All of a person's organs, all of a person's talents, all his capabilities belong to God and are only on loan to man. The very moment they are misused, man has violated his agreement with him. Living a life of sin is an act of theft and extortion. Another way of saying it is as follows. We know that a shoel shalomi das, if somebody entrusts something to somebody else to watch, the shomer, the watchman, unless they made up that the watchman could use it, if they didn't make up in advance, the watchman is not permitted to use it. He then becomes, if he uses it without permission, a shoel shalomidas. He borrowed it without permission. And we know, as found in the Talmud, a shoel shalomidas, one who borrows without permission, Dino Kigazlan. He is like a thief. And so, if one uses the mouth, which is a gift from God, and if he uses it for Loshon Hara, he is taking God's gift and using it not for the purpose that God has given him. That is a form of theft. If he uses his hands, which were given for the purpose of mitzvos, and he uses it for averos, that in of itself is an act of treachery towards God. So really, if you think of it, all averos stem from the concept of gezel. Therefore, we say, Leman nechtal me'oshek yodeno. Now finally, how can the Torah prohibit losachmod? I'm not permitted to be jealous of what the next person has. And I'll give you a very nice explanation as to why. If one looks at the next person's material wealth and says, Hashem, I think you got it wrong. After all, I'm better than him. Why should he have it? It really should go to me. What that person is saying is, uh-oh, Hashem, you made a mistake. And we believe that if he has it, the next one, it's because Hashem gave it to him because for him to fulfill his purpose in this world, he needs it. If you needed it, Hashem would have given it to you. The fact that you don't have it is a sign that you don't need it. And if anything, your having it might be detrimental to you. Such a very basic concept is contained in this 364th mitzvah found in Parshas Naso, the mitzvah of confessing one's sins, which is a chesed that God has given us to bring man back, and it's taught in the concept of theft, because as the Svas Emes, Rav Salavechik, explain, theft is really at the core of all sins. May we be privileged to be minatseach, to overcome 
the terrible desire for and to please God, appreciate the wonderful gifts that He has given us. Shabbat Shalom to all.